Are you wanting me for that whole thing? Wanted wanted what? Are you wanting me for the whole thirty minutes? Am I I wanting what? Are you wanting me like for the whole thirty minutes? Yeah. Oh, okay. I promise you this is not hard. <laughs> I it sounds like you have doubts, I promise you. Podcasting's not scary. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Professionally Unqualified Sports Show. I'm your host, James Shockley, and I'm going to call this another episode of the Sports Show. We've got an interesting topic today. We're going to talk about the Fortnite World Cup. We're diving into the world of esports. And today, to talk about the Fortnite World Cup, I've got my brother, Bryce. Hey, Bryce. Hey, James. (laughs) <laughs> Enthusiastic. Are you excited to talk about Fortnite today? I'm always excited to talk about Fortnite. Yeah, it's it's kind of fascinating. Last year, it took the world by storm. It was the most profitable video game that's ever been put out. It got so popular, there was a whole scene in the last Avengers movie talking about Fortnite. And now it's been about two years since the game came out. I, w- I would not say it's as insanely popular as it was last year but are you still enjoying Fortnite right now do you still think it it's a big deal in the world of esports yeah i do i mean every single season when it starts like i mean people online and, and we always joke with each other it's it's like christmas morning the night before a new season because uh, every you know 10 weeks or so you get a brand new map changes, new weapons, skins, uh, things to look forward to. And uh, there's this overarching story with the game. Uh, and I think every season I do have more fun than the last season. There's definitely parts of the game that are like more nostalgic or you miss this or that. Uh, but I think the game has only gotten better. And the more that you are able to like dive into it and if you have like a squad that you play with, um, all the time, the game still stays really fresh. Yeah, and and with the game staying fresh and being entertaining, entertaining, there's been more investment now than ever into the world of esports. I'm thinking Drake and Scooter Braun both recently invested into the esports organization 100 Thieves. Uh, Michael Jordan invested a little bit into Team Liquid. Celebrities, investors, you know, your millionaires, billionaires have have seen the value of the esports community and see how it's growing and becoming mainstream. I mean, on TBS, probably two or three nights a week, you can watch esports. On ESPN, they're showing Rocket League and things like that. Um, yeah, I think Steph Curry even dropped some money into TSM. Yeah, Steph Curry uh, ha- has an investment into TSM and then... The Golden State Warriors, his team, owns a League of Legends team. The I think they're the Golden Guardians is their name. Uh, but with the growth of video games and the growth of esports, Fortnite, their creator, Epic Games, said about a year and a half ago that they wanted to do a Fortnite World Cup, the biggest event in esports ever. They wanted to do this. They set this up. Even it was... I think it was after the first or second big Fortnite tournament. They're like, World Cup coming next year. Huge prize pool. They announced there will be $30 million total given out in prizes. So that kept people's interest up. Even if the game 
wasn't wasn't a streamer or Fortnite player's favorite, the thought of I could get a chunk of thirty million dollars kept people on this long. Do you think that was a good incentive, a good move by these people to pursue this thirty million dollar prize pool? I yes, definitely. I mean, not only thirty million with just the World Cup, but they announced with the 2018-19 competitive season, which ends with the World Cup, that there was a hundred million up for grabs. So, it for a lot of streamers, even if they. It's, they didn't have to put all of their eggs into one basket and like hope that they have to do super well at just one tournament. There's been pop-up tournaments and uh, skirmishes and different competitive things. And I, like I think we'll talk about later, just even qualifying for the World Cup, you get money in your pocket immediately. So uh, with a lot of other tournaments, only like the top three competitors even get to see any of the money but the way epic games kind of structured this whole season of tournaments leading up to it you're able to earn like really good money along the way and like keep you kind of like um on the line throughout the whole process yeah and, and like looking at some of these numbers the first place finisher at the Fortnite world cup will get three million dollars and I think $3 million is more than competitive Halo gave out total. And Halo's had, what, five or six games? It was one of the first big, I guess, eSports scenes in the early 2000s. And now, uh, you know, Halo's kind of lost interest. It's, it's in a weird spot right now. It, there's a new game coming out, so I wonder if we'll see that reemerge. But huge games like Halo, in their entire run over a decade did not give out anywhere near this amount of money. And now you've got games like Dota and League of Legends that are somewhat equal to this. I think Dota is hitting $30 million in their prize pool next season. But let, let's go ahead and move into talking about qualifying. What this looked like for the people that wanted to be a part of the Fortnite World Cup. Uh, let's start with... Fortnite, just for anyone that doesn't know, is a Battle Royale-style game. Think the Hunger Games. A hundred players drop onto an island. They're slowly pushed in by a storm. And the last person standing wins. You gather weapons and materials, which you can build walls and forts. That's where the game gets its name from. Just, just quick background for anyone that did not know that. And qualifying was over the course of 10 weeks. For 10 weeks, it would alternate solo qualifying and duo qualifying, so five weeks total for both of those. And you qualified within your region, so North America West, North America East, there was Oceanic, a European region, a Brazil region, and each region got a certain amount of qualifiers every week. Uh, One thing I wanted to touch on, too was that anyone could qualify for this. Uh, There was a playlist within the game called Arena Mode where players could get points based on how many people they eliminated each game, how high they finished each game, and was it 600 points, Bryce? Is that how many you had to get into the World Cup qualifying? Oh, I think it was less than that. I thought it was in the 300s, but I might be wrong, yeah, it was somewhere between 300 and 600 points. And if if you had that many points, 
you could do the World Cup qualifying playlist, which would be, think about it like golf. On Saturdays, anyone with that amount of points could compete. You got 10 games or three hours worth to try and be in the top 1,500 to make the cut, just like golf. If you made the cut, you could play on Sunday, and those 1,500 players, each region got 1,500 players, would compete, and then based on what region you were in, the top certain amount of players would qualify. For North America East, it was about eight solo players. For West, it was about four solo players. Oceanic only got one solo player every week. Bryce, do you think this qualifying method brought out the cream of the crop? Was this a good way to weed out, you know, people that were just getting lucky? Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people go back and forth, and, and stuff I've read, like, people are kind of split. When you don't do land tournaments, and you do kind of open it up to everyone, um, there's just a lot more randomness to it and i think that's kind of what they wanted is to kind of give you know the kid that has a nice pc um at home that no one's ever heard of a chance to hit the world stage like i do understand like why you want to open that up um as a company and have those kinds of awesome stories but um you you open it up to stream sniping you open it up to uh potentially cheating um, and then you also were kind of like making people have to rely on their good internet connection. Uh, Cypher, um, one of my favorite streamers I know had tons of problems with spectrum throughout the whole process and even moved to a new apartment that had fiber internet for a couple of weeks and, and lived somewhere else for qualifying. And not everyone has that, that option. Right. And, and w- yeah, we'll, we'll- We'll go ahead and talk about the pros and cons of the qualifying process. And the big pro was that, I mean, literally anyone with the time to do this could, in theory, do this. But when everyone's not on a local area network, LAN, usually that's how esports qualifying goes. Everyone shows up at the same place, you're on the same server, sitting in the same room, all connected. When you don't have that, more people can qualify, but... You know, there's internet connection. There's things like people can get into each other's games. We're going to talk about cheating here in a second. And stream sniping. And what stream sniping is when a popular uh, Fortnite player is playing on Twitch and streaming their match, some people will try to get into their same game and just target that player and try to ruin their qualification process, which we saw with, like, Tifu, it happened to ninja but with being able to stream even with the risk of stream sniping streamers were pulling in huge numbers i don't know if you watched the week where tifu tifu is one of the largest uh twitch streamers right now he doesn't have the mainstream popularity that ninja does but i would say online he's every bit as popular uh there was the week where he qualified he had over three hundred thousand people watching him and that led to some stream sniping and some things like that. But do you think it was worth it for numbers like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he, he means it on Twitter a lot. Like, he says, if this tweet gets one like, I'll stream without a delay. <laughs> Basically calling out stream snipers and telling them, like, you know, come get some. And he, he, he knows he's one of the best players in the world. And, and 
he just kind of pushes through. So, yeah, that's definitely part of, like, the mental stuff. Like, some people didn't stream, and but then other people, like Dirty Turner, like Tifu, just don't really care and kind of go for it. It was really impressive. He had stream snipers, was doing it live, no delay, inviting, pretty much inviting stream sniping, had 300,000 people watching him, and then qualified. And not only did he qualify that week, he finished first overall, like, undisputed qualification. It was one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen. It was like that game where Kobe Bryant hit 80 points, or Game 7 where LeBron James and the Cavaliers beat the Golden State Warriors. It was incredible. Just that amount of pressure on him, and not everyone could take that. We had streamers like Cloaksy who was Tifu's partner. And I'm sorry, I'm using all of their screen names, but just the hassle of trying to find everyone's real names, whatever. Uh, Cloaksy did not stream for like eight weeks because he was grinding so hard trying to qualify for this. There was one week where Ninja had like 250,000 followers, had a frustrating game, and was just like, I can't do this, and just turned off his stream with, 250,000 people watching him, and he's a huge star in this stream. Um, Do you have any other examples that you can think of of the mental toll this took on some of the streamers? Um, Yeah, I mean, Cypher was was definitely one. I mean, when you're having to um, deal with, like, outside things, like your internet. I mean, Tifu moved as well. You know, he lives in in Florida, and he moved up to Cloaksy's house in New Jersey because they were able to get zero ping internet for their matches. Uh, yeah, so there's just a lot of people that had to do And then just the pressure. I mean, Ninja, for instance, like everyone in kind of the mainstream sees him as like one of the top gamers in the world, and he's actually an incredible Fortnite player. But then all this pressure of like the competitive community thinking he's more of a streamer rather than an actual competitor puts a ton of pressure on someone like him to like prove that he's not just an entertainer, but is actually like one of the best competitors. And he ended up not qualifying for the world cup. He made it like really close on multiple weeks. And then his duo partner reverse two K actually did end up uh, qualifying in solos. Um, yeah, it was, so, yeah. it was kind of sad to see Ninja not qualified because him with reverse 2k there was a duos week where they finished two points out of qualifying and they were so close and you know epic games wants him there i assume he will be at the world cup in some capacity he's he's heading there tomorrow night is is what he said most of the streamer communities are all heading to new york tomorrow and they're gonna have private suites and boxes and stuff right and 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 the pro-am as well is gonna bring in I think just as much numbers are going to be watching the Pro-Am as going to be watching the competitive stuff. Right. It'll be a fun weekend. He'll still be there. He'll probably do color commentary. Um, So now that we've talked about stream sniping and some of the pressure, let's talk about just straight up cheating in this. With an online event, cheating, it, it invites cheating. When you're not on a local network and you know everyone that's on the servers... There can be all sorts of stuff. People can make a computer program to run a Fortnite player in a game that's just a computer with perfect aim. People can help feed their buddies' kills. They can qualify, get into their buddies' games, and just pretend to shoot at their buddies, but just let their buddies kill them for free points. And we saw that happen. Two players, Ziff 
and Ronaldo one week were caught having buddies get into their games, go up to them, and then miss all their shots while Ziff and Ronaldo were able to easily kill them. They were caught by Epic Games. Videos went around. All the streamers and Fortnite players were like, this is not okay. Something needs to be done. And with money on the line, I mean, we've talked about, I mean, $30 million prize pool. There's so much money. Every week in qualifiers, there was money given out. It makes sense that people would cheat. But these two players, Ziff and Ronaldo, were given a three-week ban. Not banned for the entirety of the qualifying process, but a three-week ban. Bryce, do you think that was enough of a punishment? Not at all. I mean, again, like, you have, you have two sides of it. You have people that are signed by giant esports agencies that are worth millions of dollars to those agencies, and there's no integrity when you let people that like blatantly cheat like that back into your tournament and then on the other side if you truly want this tournament where anyone can qualify it is so like unfair to the kid that's been grinding Fortnite since day one and is trying to make it and then like not only did they cheat and get a slap on the wrist they ended up qualifying they ended up qualifying as a duo and if they in any way make money at the World Cup, it's it's just going to, like, rip the community apart. Like, these people that have put in so much time, effort, and have approached this game with integrity and, like, never cheated. And then these – and that, that's what stinks is, like, they are actually really good. They're incredible players. I've watched they them. They like, cheat. They were able to qualify a later week. And but it's so they, it, infuriating yeah. that – I. I Okay, maybe not a lifetime ban, but at least for the process of this tournament. Exactly. Be yeah. like, hey guys, you're great players. They got dropped by their esports organization. I believe they right. were with Rise Esports. Um, kicked them out. So there were punishments outside of this, but they still ended up qualifying. So now you've got two cheaters there instead of Ninja, one of the biggest players. Guys like Cypher and Cloaksy that weren't able to qualify. Some huge personalities in this community are not there and we've got cheaters there (laughs) yeah and i mean that's that's the greater question of integrity with this whole tournament which i know we both really want to talk about is just the inconsistency of this entire tournament process has has been pretty huge yeah uh, with with the meta changes exactly that's that's the great point we'll move to that the inconsistencies not just with you know, cheating and how cheating is punished and viewed. But uh, the meta of the game changed. And when we talk about the meta game, we talk about what is the preferred strategy within Fortnite. Think like in basketball, there used to not be a three-point line. So everyone dribbled in, tried to get layups, dunks at the rim. That was the meta of basketball. They added the three-point line, and now every team shoots a million three-pointers a game because three points is worth more than two. You never want to take a mid-range jumper because if you want to get two points, be at the rim. You know, you want to take a shot right at the rim or at the three-point line. That's kind of the meta of basketball right now. And the meta with Fortnite is constantly changing because is it on Tuesdays, Bryce? Fortnite updates every single... Yeah, every Tuesday there's either a content patch 
or a bug patch or just a major update with yeah different changes to the map or different they vault weapons or vehicles or they bring weapons and vehicles back or add new weapons or vehicles weekly which we talked about earlier like what helps this game stay fresh not only the new season every 10 weeks but uh, apex legends that came out had like a huge success early on but they did not update regularly and like but fortnite is pushing a brand new thing every single week it's like really cool and stuff but a lot of people in the um, competitive community think that there needs to be separate loot pools or they need to be separated more as two different games almost. Right. They're, I mean, every week they're getting rid of weapons, they're adding weapons, they're changing how much damage weapons do, the, the damage drop-off at certain ranges. And then seasons. Fortnite's done in seasons. They last about 10 to 12 weeks. And each season, there's a huge update. They totally change the map. They totally change weapons around. Big updates. This qualifying process started in Season 8. It was in Season 9 by the end of it. And the tournament's supposed to start... Season 10 is supposed to be around the same day. But they ended up pushing back Season 10 till after this tournament. So guys that qualified in week one, two, and three were playing essentially a totally different game than the guys that qualified in week eight, nine, and ten. And that was frustrating to watch. I mean, with season nine, I was frustrated with the game. I was like, at the beginning, yeah. I, I thought, this is not fun. I'm hating this. So I well, a, big, a big part of that was the baller. And so for anyone that's listening, <laughs> the baller is a vehicle that looks like a hamster ball and it has a suction cup that you can shoot and grab onto things. But the having a weapon or a vehicle like the baller in the game is basically a free three hundred health or like three whole persons worth of health shield that has insane mobility and can get anywhere on the map. And the meta in late season in season nine eight, was, yeah. Yeah, season eight was if you have the baller, you're going to make it to the top 10 because everyone's going to be fighting each other and you'll just be zipping around on this little hamster ball. <laughs> it was a really dumb meta, but it worked. It guaranteed you top 10 because if somebody takes the time to try and shoot this hamster ball, they're going to get sniped in the face or they're going to get uh, backdoored or, or any number of things would happen. But one week, the, the week that Ninja and Reverse actually performed their best, all vehicles were vaulted. Right, there were no vehicles that week. They just randomly decided that they needed to remove vehicles because there was a bug with them. Rather than delaying the tournament or anything like that, they're just like, hey, there's not going to be vehicles this week. So now these people are playing a brand new game that no one's ever played because there's usually vehicles. And it's way more fun when the meta is aggressive, like, to watch. It was not fun to watch guys sitting around in a hamster wheel just waiting until the top ten. And now that the hamster balls only have like a hundred health it's really easy to break them but again the guys that started in week one two and three had had way more of an advantage with that than the people that qualified in week eight nine and ten um so i i think that's all i have to say about qualifying do you have any final thoughts about qualifying before we get to the actual event yeah i mean epic games is is learning as they go i mean nobody has 
done this kind of thing on this big of a scale of like an open tournament for everyone to jump in. So it's cool that they've like pioneered a lot of things. Um, but there's a lot that I think was missed and things that like could have been uh, better about the whole process, especially with integrity and figuring out a way to like freeze the game for competitive that everyone's playing the same game. Um, yeah. Throughout the process, but and it's it, it's interesting. They recently hired um, the guy that was in charge of Overwatch Pro League to be the head of esports at Epic Games. So I'm excited to see they've brought in someone with a lot of esports experience that's brought up one of the bigger leagues here in the United States. So I, I'm interested to see how seriously they take this the competitive scene rather than just making it, you know, a fun game, a money maker. Just, you know, we want the esports scene to have competitive integrity and not just be, you know, marketing for what's coming to the game, what's new in the game. Uh, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the actual event. It is this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which is the 26th, 27th, 28th. It will be broadcast live on Twitch on the Fortnite Twitch channel. It's coming, it's coming to us from Queens, New York. They're having it at the stadium where the U.S. Open, the U.S. Tennis Open, is held every year. It has a retractable roof. Is it Arthur Ashe Stadium, I think is what it's called? It has a retractable roof, and it's going to be, that arena is going to be where everyone's at. On Friday, there's a creative tournament. Do you have any intent on watching the creative tournament where guys make maps and just, like, screw around? Yeah, probably probably not. That's not. That's yeah, not, not super interesting. Um, but Friday there's also a pro am, and Fortnite pro ams are always a lot of fun. A pro player plays with an amateur who's usually like an NFL player or a YouTuber or Hannibal Burris. Or so- Carl from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're people that have played Fortnite a million times. Sometimes they're people like Joel McHale who had never played Fortnite before. It's fun to watch. I'm glad they have a f- have fun events around this. It's like the All-Star Games at, in the NBA and MLB. It's like a home run derby or a skills competition. Just something fun for people to enjoy. But first up is duos on Saturday. Let's talk about duos. I believe... I speak for both of us when we say duos is the true competitive mode right now. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, with with solos, there's so much randomness. You don't know um, if you're going to get a good weapon on the drop or anything like that. But but duos kind of gives that extra competitive safety net where even if one of your or even if your duo partner dies, you have a chance to revive them um, and make the game last longer and like there's a lot more people a lot more things going on and in solos you don't have to keep track of communicating with your partner or having like good uh columns on the field they're being aware of somebody else so in duos it really brings out that like extra level of like oh i'm not just sitting at my computer playing there's another person here with me and like he has just as much at stake and so you get to see a lot more of like uh the camaraderie and the, and the best friends like um being able to compete like that and i think that brings out a lot better gameplay as well right because in solos we see people bunker up because they don't have anyone to rely on and with this much money on the line you just want to sit in a box and just make it to the end you don't 
it, it's hard to incentivize going for it, like being very aggressive, trying to eliminate other players. But in duos, when you have someone backing you up, you're more willing to go at other players. You're more willing to to attack, to get out of the box. Um, and now another part of this, the other interesting part, is how many non-American teams will be at this. It'll be interesting to see, because there's been big tournaments in Europe and Asia and North America, but this is kind of the first time we see everyone together. Do you think we'll see different strategies from the European squads uh, as compared to the North American duos? Or do you think it'll all probably work the same? Yeah, I think the meta is, is pretty similar throughout and i think it'll be really interesting to see um with like the submachine guns i think like a lot of the secondary items like everyone's gonna carry an assault rifle um but a lot of american players right now don't carry the sniper rifle like it's it's a spray meta and uh, i think it'd be really interesting to see because i only mostly watch american players like if um you know, international players uh, focus on explosives more or uh, long range or short range or, uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I don't actually know, like, how the metas will kind of clash or not. Yeah, I'm interested to see. And then on top of this, I'm interested to see how the kids perform with this tournament. Uh, Epic Games opened it up to you could be as young as 13 to do qualifying for this tournament. And the age used to be 16, I think, for all the tournaments that happened last year. So with this tournament, there's a ton of kids, a ton of people in the 14, 15 age range. Do you think the kids have a shot? I think the kids probably have the best shot. I think they have a better shot. Yeah, yeah, I think the kids definitely have a huge shot. It'll be, like, I actually, I, I'd be curious to know who the oldest person in the tournament is. Like, I think that, I feel like most of them are all at least in their 20s. I don't feel like anyone is in their 30s, but I might be wrong. But. Right, the the oldest players are going to be pr- probably, like, Nate Hill and Tifu, and I think they're 22, maybe. <laughs> are they even that old? Yeah, Tifu, I think, is 21 or 22, It's a very young field that we're going in. So let's make a couple of predictions. So with the duos tournament, are there any duos you are watching? And is there any duo that you think is going to win? Um, Seize and Elevate, I think, have a great shot. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Seas has been a competitive like esports player for a long time, um, and I really love 100 Thieves. I think they're going to be good. Uh, Mongrel and Mitro are going to be crazy. Uh, Benji Fish and Mr. Savage, uh, everything I see online, like people absolutely love both of them and think they're really like humble and cool, and they're both like super young kids, um, and a ton of people are pulling for them, and they qualified in like, the very first week of duo qualifiers. Like, they came right out of the game, like, hey, we're in the tournament, let's go. And so they've had a long time To just practice. Like, yeah, they didn't have to take 10 weeks of trying to get in the tournament. They did it in the first duo week of qualifying, and now they've, like, been able to have that mentality and preparing for it for this whole time, uh, which I think could give them a good edge. And I liked every team you just mentioned 
Cease and Elevate, the two Hundred Thieves guys, Mongrel and Mitro, Benji Fishy and Mr. Savage, I think, are both with Energy Esports. Each of those teams had a player that double qualified. So, had players that qualified in solos and qualified with a duo. Mongrel qualified solos, duos. Benji Fishy was solo duos. And I think Cease was a solo duo. So, do do you think the duos that are gonna win consist of people that qualified for solos as well yeah uh, yeah i want to say yes <laughs> but but that honestly might i don't know with how the tournament is structured duos does go first um right Correct. right right yeah, Duo- yeah so duos, duos goes first so they'll be able to get that out of the way but i i wonder if that'll hurt like their solo performance so just like the pure adrenaline exhaustion and like the craziness of the day before if um the people that play in the duo tournament if it's gonna hurt their performance in the solo but it might help them you know getting that experience of playing in front of a couple of thousand people Getting all the nerves out of the way on the yeah. first day. I mean, could we imagine somebody that wins the duos and the solo? Like, that would I mean, be a gross amount of money. Yeah. The the so just so the actual day of prize pool just for qualifying, you got fifty thousand dollars. That made the investment worth it. The people that have put this time in fifty thousand dollars. That's legit money. I think fifty thousands. Twenty-five dollars an hour. 40 hours a week yeah, that's that's yeah. a that's a real job. Um, Fifty thousand dollars, I think, is the prize from the people that finish from twentieth through one hundredth place, and then it goes up and up. And if you get first place, it's three million dollars. So if someone double won, if they win in the duos and the and the solos, six million dollars in a weekend. That's crazy money. it's like that's like that's superstar rookie contract numbers in any of the major sports uh so the other duo i wanted to throw out to watch was zexro and Vinny. they are both signed with team solo mid um they did not one of the largest esports organizations in the world right has a huge reputation and name and they're they're both really young right love to watch them very popular team, popular players. They did not qualify till the very last week, though, and they had a lot of problems. Zexro got carpal tunnel, had to have surgery on his hand. They had health problems going into this, you know, athlete performance. Uh, but they were able to squeeze in on the last week, and I think they're flying a little under the radar. Those two have been incredible at the last few tournaments over the last year. And I think because it took them so long to qualify for this tournament, people kind of forgot about them. So I want to say they they are ones to watch. Now, moving into solos, we already talked about a few of these guys that double qualified. And solos is totally different. You gotta be a superstar. You gotta rock it by yourself. Um, and if you go for it, you gotta really go for it. If you're not bunkering up the whole time, just trying to sit in your box, you gotta be confident, and you've gotta be good. So, Bryce, are there any solo players that are your picks to watch, your picks to win? I mean, the obvious one that I think all eyes will be on and will probably draw the largest numbers is Tifu. Tifu. Uh, yeah, Turner Kenny is 
absolutely insane. He has a huge presence on his YouTube channel and his vlogs. He's over 10 million YouTube subscribers now. Um, he has one of the largest social presence. I think he does have the largest social presence of like followers and stuff of anyone that qualified for the tournament. I think Tifu is the number one of Twitch follows and Twitter followers and yeah. YouTube subscribers. And like I said um, earlier, he's he's not as mainstream as Ninja is, but he pulls in the same viewership numbers and subscribers that Ninja does. Exactly, and he's talked about in the competitive communities and everything. Um, yeah, so uh, Tifu is is just incredible at the game and is always doing something different and trying something better and like he makes thing look effortless and and really seems to have a cool head on his shoulders and just absolutely loves competing and loves the atmosphere so the 13 year olds in the tournament might have a ton of nerves and i think like tifu will actually bring a lot more composure than some of them because he's done this before i mean he's done h1z1 tournaments i think he did some PUBG tournaments and so he's been in the esports scene for a while while still being really young and insanely good at the game he thrives um, of, under pressure he yeah. he really does one of the personal guys I'm rooting for is Reverse 2K. I mean, I love Ninja, and I love getting to watch Reverse play duos with him. Um, his real name is Malachi, and he's like 18, and it is, it is just awesome. Uh, so he just graduated from high school and is now heading into the summer competing in one of the largest esports tournaments in the world, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then 100 Thieves Seas, um, who we talked about, that's also in the, the duos. I think Seas will be uh, really cool to see. Um but yeah, Reverse 2K was saying no one that qualified for solos landed on the map where he did. Um, they all landed in different spots. So it'll be interesting, too, to see if anyone, if people still land where they landed on this map um, where they did in qualifying or if people are going to switch up their land spots. Because if you know, like Tifu lands at the block, for instance, which is the spot on the map that, that changes pretty often, um, are people going to go? and land out the block now to try and compete with Tifu and see if you can kill him early and like have that good edge or are people going to kind of stick to where they've been going. And so, or if you die the first game to Tifu uh, somewhere else, are you going to go land and try and get him early? Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see how that stuff changes up too. Yeah. I remember, I guess it was at the TwitchCon tournament where Tifu and his partner Cloaksy won the big duos tournament. No one was landing anywhere near them because everyone was afraid of them and that yeah. that al- risk dying right off the bat and getting zero points every game. Right. And that allowed them to loot up, get all the materials, all the weapons they needed. And I wonder if Tifu will carry that same weight in the solos tournament. If people will be like he lands at the block, cannot land at the block. Yeah, like why would you go anywhere near that? <laughs> <laughs> um but besides the players we've mentioned already, I'm going to throw out Bizzle. He plays with the esports organization Ghost, who probably, they might not have the most popular players, but they might have the best performing players. Bizzle, as of right now, is a top five money earner in Fortnite all time. He's always in the top three, top five of all these big tournaments, but he hasn't won one of the big tournaments yet. But he's so consistent. And I think he qualified in one of the early weeks, either week one or week three. Uh, Bizzle is definitely someone to watch. He's not as big a personality as Tifu. He's not. He. I think he's in his twenties, early twenties. So he's not as fun to watch, you know, as these kids that are just 
going way above what you thought a 13 or 14 year old could accomplish, but he's consistent. He's so good. He's so consistent. And I'm hoping to see if his consistency will pay off at this tournament. Um, Bizzle's always a great person to watch. Um, And now I I guess final thoughts on the tournament. I think it's just going to be an enjoyable experience. They've got good commentators. Dr. Lupo and Courage JD are two of the big Fortnite streamers that are commentating. Uh, Ninja will probably do some color commentary. Cypher will probably be there. Yeah, they just announced today Jordan Fisher's doing a, a commentating show as well. While right. There. Jordan Fisher, the singer-actor. Not, we're not talking about a different Jordan Fisher. Same guy. Uh, I wonder if Brendan Uri will be there, uh, the guy from Panic at the Disco. Yeah, he might be at the Pro-Am, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty involved with the Fortnite scene, so I'm excited to see if he's one of the celebrities that ends up there. Marshmallow will be there, and I think he's doing a concert in New York as well. Okay, so Marshmallow will definitely be there. Um, It'll be a fun experience. I'm wondering if we'll just get the main broadcast, or will they allow people to stream their points of view? So if if we'll be able to get views of just the favorite players that we like, if I can go to Tifu's channel and just watch him... Or will the main Fortnite channel have everything, and I just gotta watch the main feed? Yeah, I I I feel like it'll just be the main Fortnite channel. I don't know if you'll be able to spectate just with each player. But one of the things that they're doing that I don't I've not seen this done anywhere else is that you can actually log on to your Fortnite account and hop in a lobby to watch the broadcast as well, uh, which oh. I thought was like really awesome. Yeah, that's. Wow, so you can watch so it on Twitch. Watch. So, you, yeah, you can watch it on Twitch or in the game, which I think will reach more people just because of how many people have the game that may not watch it in their free times on Twitch. Yeah. Um, that's going to be really impressive. Uh, so. And I can't wait to see the numbers, like how many people are watching on YouTube, how many oh people goodness. draws in from Twitch. And, this uh, is, is going to yeah. be the most... I, I think this will be the most watched eSport happening, tournament, event, whatever, ever. Like, this will be... I'm really I'm really excited to see the numbers. Uh, and then you'll have people on Twitch that'll be having watch parties. So they'll be commentating, just sitting in their living rooms on Twitch while watching this feed too. So you can pretty much get custom commentary. I'm pretty sure... Like Daquan and Hamlins and Myth, some of the big Twitch streamers, will have their own watch parties. Nick Merckx always has a watch party. Um, So even channels of people that aren't there will be showing it and commentating on it. So it will be all over Twitch on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So so you you cannot miss it. Um, So Bryce... Thank you for coming on, talking about this. You're like yeah, the, you're me. like the only other person I know that follows the Fortnite competitive scene like this. Uh, at the end of every episode, we always ask our guests about their week in pop culture. Is there any book you're reading, movie you've watched, TV show? What What are you consuming this week? Oh gosh. Um, well, my wife Emily and I are watching America's Got Talent, and. Um, 
that's like the only like on cable thing. Everything else like Brooklyn Nine Nine and stuff's on a break. Um, and then as far as reading, I am reading uh, Robert Cialdini's book on influence and persuasion, but that is for a summer class I'm in. <laughs> so so it's not a leisurely reading yeah, activity. So it's, it's not like. Yeah, it's not like super casual or, and I just finished uh, Barry Sanders' Ten Caesars, which was an excellent book. You know, it's just a short biopic of ten different Caesars of Rome, from Augustine to Constantine. So. Man, th- that's the most scholarly week in pop culture we've had in a while. <laughs> uh, my week in pop culture is pretty much just Neon Genesis, Neon Genesis Evangelion. An old anime series from the 90s that's finally available in America. Netflix got the rights to it, did a new English dub. I'm really enjoying it. I feel like a total nerd having a Fortnite podcast and talking about anime, but this is where we're at. (laughs) But thanks for coming on, Bryce. Uh, Everyone listening, thank you. Thank you for listening. Make sure you're liking, commenting, and subscribing. Gotta make Kirk happy. All right. See you guys next time.